Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Sitting in, Nick, repeat Adams. Good to see you, friend. It's good to be here at uh, Max Fun. World Domination Headquarters, live from the rape box. <laughs> we are we recording. recording. <laughs> hey, you are not the first guest to come into this studio and note that it seems like a place where a nightmarish assault of some kind. It's like an place. amateur rape box because it has windows. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just getting into the rape biz. Well, I don't know. You, you haven't what figured- if I'm charging? <laughs> So you oh so yeah it's goes it's going the other way it's amateur like an admission thing yeah now you're a professional and people will pay to see your techniques mm-hmm. sure this is not how we should start programs. no no I, I apologize to all of your listeners Nick Adams has already gotten into the Newcastles we have some leftover beers probably from Max Fun Con <laughs> I have like a eight JJ go drunk streak in a row like i had That's never coasted this show sober I don't want it to has start now. it is literally yeah and I, the only problem is that you weren't able to stop at my local grocery store el superior and try out one of the many unusual beers on offer every animal that can be slaughtered and turned into sausage they have done it that's very figured true. out a way to do it that's the, the, i love that place it is a good place to go if you want to learn about various nationalities mm-hmm. of chorizo. Is your blood pressure way too low? Mm-hmm. Well, you could take <laughs> some sort of Lipitor or you could just go to Superior and eat what they have for sale. Let's let's bring our guest into this conversation. Uh, of course, you know him from television. Probably know him from film. I'm not familiar with any films he's in, but I bet he's been in some films. A hundred. Um, you know him as a new resident of Los Angeles, and <laughs> that's how you know me. Half of the half of the comedy duo, Curtin Kristen, as well as a stand-up comic in his own right. Uh, he's appeared on This American Life. Uh, had his own television program on IFC. Kurt Brownaller. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yay. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you on the program, Kurt. I'm so excited that you live here in uh, our beautiful city. <laughs> our. You can't even say it with our. a straight face. He said our, though. That's a huge improvement. <laughs> Nick Adams. Nick Adams counts the number of times I refer to Los Angeles as my home. Refer to myself as an Angelino. Your son, a native-born Angelino. Oh boy! Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> probably he probably has a uh, like you know how you know how teenagers keep their drugs stashed in like a hole in the wall behind a painting. <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> Granddad. Um, he, he probably has a skateboard in there, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting yeah. to bro out at the mall. You don't start skateboarding here until your late twenties. Like you don't even start until <laughs> no. your late twenties. Yeah, That's some... when you start skateboarding here. So, Kurt, tell me about – I presume that you moved to Los Angeles. Did you move to Los Angeles for show business reasons? Oh, yep, for showbiz. You oh. were hosting a television show in New York. I was. It came to a, a sad and untimely conclusion. Too soon. Too soon. It was a very funny show called Bunk. People should look it up, I guess, by stealing it off the internet. I don't know. Is it <laughs> yeah, available it, for purchase? It, it is available for purchase but on you iTunes. you give them your money. And you can also um, – I think it's still running on IFC. Okay. It's yeah. a very, very funny game show that you Thank hosted you. with Thank no you. shoes on. I was proud of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then just moved here. Yeah, I moved here in October. You just figured you'd get in, you'd what, crack into crack, crack the picture business? No, I'm not interested really in showbiz. I just was like, I could not spend enough time in my car. Right. And so what I was do like, stand up where, in a laundromat? Yeah, where can I? Or at a taco stand. <laughs> yeah. Like, where can I? I'm trying to, I'm looking for some stand up shows that are kind of sketchy and kind of le- less attended than New York shows. Anytime so six here. people stand still for too long, Someone there's a stand up show. Stand up. So how do you uh, tell me about how you find it? First of all, uh, what kind of neighborhood do you live in? I live in Silver Lake, which I've been trying to figure out what is the equivalent in New York, and I think it's maybe like North Park Slope, okay, like a place that was gentrified quite some very time, very long time ago, and now is way too crowded and overpriced. One of the nice things about Silver Lake is that they've gentrified. Uh, in terms of housing prices, uh, many of the folks who live in much of Silver Lake, not all of Silver Lake, um, but they've managed to keep it pretty ugly. Yeah. They don't do a lot of <laughs> they things didn't clean to it clean it up. It up. When they gentrify no, no, no. It. Mm-hmm. it still has the appearance that it's a dangerous place. Well, and... the mustache filters out a lot of the, the particulate matter. The mustache right. is yeah. there clean the air so they don't yeah. have to worry about that part of it and uh the baby carriages uh just clean the streets mm-hmm. so yeah sure. so it's not a problem wait so you think silver lake is expensive it's reasonably expensive yes more so than any other place on the east side right? it's more expensive than where i live well yeah i mean on the east side it's the, the more expensive i live mid-city so it's all relative guys Right. Mid-City's not really any more expensive than Silver Lake. I oh, can't believe we're discussing no, we're, real estate I, prices. Wait, but I want to take both of you to task for the fact that you live in Los Angeles. We were talking about this before we started. Live in Los Angeles and don't know about this magical place that I, a person who has just moved here, found out about, which is a sunken city, an abandoned sunken city on the west side. I think this is real. I think just a drunk girl told you this. <laughs> no. I've seen photos bar. of it. I've seen photos of it. One person who would know, we should call him, is Jonah Ray would know. I think he's been there. You think Jonah Ray would know about the name a, of it? Uh, the name of a sunken city? Yeah, it's a sunken city. It's within the Los Angeles County. Apparently, it started sinking into the sand. Are you thinking of the La Brea Tar Pits? <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> no, it's all. It's, it's right on the ocean. When you say sunken city, is it a city of dinos? <laughs> I mean, they do run the local grocery store there. Forgive me. But other me. than that, it's a normal, normal place. Forgive me. I said dinosaurs i don't want anyone to email me prehistoric mammals <laughs> is that what that is largely what is found in the in the la brea tar pits there oh. have been there were some dinosaurs but largely prehistoric just like saber tooth tigers and stuff saber tooth like tigers like giant sloths mm-hmm. enormous giant sloths like a like a eight nine foot tall sloth are you kidding is that real yeah well it's not real it used to be real no but it's still real i don't know Hey, time is an illusion. Semantic argument. Time is an illusion. We could go there right now. I'm excited about a nine-foot sloth. That is the slowest animal, the slowest, scariest animal in the world. Do you hate Los Angeles yet? No. Okay, here's, the, here's what I'm going to warn you about. The sooner you hate Los Angeles, the sooner you can get through that year and a half and no, then start liking it. So no, you should I already hurry up and it. hate it. Oh, no, well, I already hate it. Oh, you already went through that. I Excellent. already went through it. That was like yeah, six yeah. months. How long have you been here? Only like three and a half months. So you went through that in three and a half months and now Well, the you're thing like, is, the level of hatred I have for Los Angeles before I moved here was so high. I feel like I burned it all off. Mm-hmm. I got here. I only had like one oil drum of hatred left. Right, right. And I lit that on fire the moment I landed. Just like your reserve hatred light came yeah. on as soon as you landed. And it burned out pretty fast. Interesting. So tell me some of the things that you like about living here on the <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> wow. Look, look at what we're going to do. I've actually was doing this in my head the, uh, today. I have to so, do it all the time. <laughs> pros, 
there are air, even though we live in a suburb that pretends to be a city, there are like uh, nature experiences to be had that are very beautiful Bam. and fun. Two, I get to go surfing all the time. Bam! Are you a surfer? I am a surfer. I grew up on the in New Jersey surfing my whole life. Wow! And I surfed in New York City even during the winters for fourteen years. I had I had misremembered you as being Midwestern because of your corn pone charm. That's what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that I'm from Ohio or something. You do have like a Gaffin Gaff esque quality. Well, thank Jim Gaffin esque. That's what I was going for. I like that. I it. Yeah, it's called a Giflanic. Giflanic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Gaflanic quality. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say you have a Kafkaesque quality. <laughs> I'm just really confusing. That's, that's a lot of lies. Dumb it down, Thorne. <laughs> Dumb it down. Listeners can't see you, but you're a talking cockroach. <laughs> it's, I do have eight arms. Yeah. Okay, so you like surfing. You went surfing in New Jersey. They have surfing in New Jersey. They sure. Anywhere they have an ocean, they pretty much have surfing. I have seen surfing on some really sad little oceans. Some sad little oceans? The oceans themselves are standard size. <laughs> okay, but you see some But their expressions, are their surf expressions sad. are very sad. If you know where to go. You know, the ocean is a beautiful and complex woman. There's really. a lot of it out and there, guys. And you have to know where to go and at what times. No, and... Okay, but let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Now you're in Southern California surfers' territory. Yeah. Don't you have problems with gangs of surf ruffians? <laughs> Assaulting you, yelling locals only, and holding your head underwater and trying to murder you, which is an actual thing that happened when I was at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. Not to me. That, Obviously, I don't surf. <laughs> the localism in in Southern California has, for the most part, petered out. There's still certain very localized breaks. But also, if you're respectful and know how to play the game, you don't. You let People won't bother you. Give me some guidelines for playing the game. Uh, you don't. Number like, one. Num- you're trying to you're trying to build resources. <laughs> Different combinations of resources can be played. In- he's not playing. He's surfing. Say- he's not playing Settlers of Catan. It's not yeah. Settlers of Catan. <laughs> I mean, but we could break it down into Settlers of Catan uh, vocabulary. For I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I think a lot more people in our audience would understand <laughs> a Settlers of Catan <laughs> explanation than a surfing explanation. <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, it actually uh, does apply because the main reason people get angry out in the water, because uh, it's a super chill thing you're doing, you know? Right. Like, you would not expect people to be angry doing this beautiful thing in nature. But it's a limited resource, uh, and the waves are limited resource, one person per wave. You sometimes have... 300 people trying for four waves every 10 minutes. Uh, and so that level of competition makes people angry. So the number one rule is don't drop in on someone. So what do you, So what happens? Just whoever gets on it first? No, it's whoever's closest to the peak. Uh-huh. Uh, and if that person also has been – if there's a – it also – there's a lot of rules. It's a lot of different things. Let's pretend that all of the waves break in one specific place. It's like a point break. So repeatedly, there's a takeoff zone. You know where the wave starts. You know where the wave ends. That so means like a. You say it's like a point break. It, <laughs> who drop kicks the dog? <laughs> I drop kick the dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a point break would be uh, like a uh, a hard reef bottom uh, where okay. it's very consistent, it's like a machine. Okay. So you have you actually would wait in line. Uh, and then one person would take that wave and the next person, next person. If you cut someone off, you would be – and then drop in on – or drop in on them, meaning the person's already up and surfing the wave. It's closest to the peak and you would drop in. That would be probably where most fights start. Oh. Yeah. Have you ever been in a surfing altercation? I have. 
Tell me I about have. it. I have. I've been in a, more than a few, but the best one was surfing Rockaway Beach in Queens. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was wintertime, so we were wearing like a big five mil wetsuit and seven mil gloves and booties and hey, a, big a lot thing. of mil, if I'm understanding you correctly. <laughs> it costs five million dollars each. It's a why ton nobody of mil. surfs in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, James Cameron just drops in in a helicopter. He, yeah, he literally drops right into the wave <laughs> yeah. and then just gets picked up and flies away. <laughs> and uh, I had been surfing this old old board from 1970. And it was probably it's about twelve feet long, very long. It's very thick and very heavy. It probably weighs about fifty pounds. How did you end up with this board? I is this we, a desirable board. It I love it. I like really old weird boards, and so like I like I kind of collect them. And so this I can was, relate to that. I like really old weird broads. <laughs> there you go. Who doesn't? No. Who who doesn't like an old bird? Sure. I want to bring back. Oh my god, this is a term I want to bring back. Speaking of birds, is I want to wet my beak a little. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring that back. I pitch wet my beak once a week. Really? I pitch it in the room once a week just because I love that expression. Wet my beak is the best. Wet my beak a little bit. Oh, my God. I'd like to to see what Zoe Deschanel could do with that. (laughs) Kill it. Murder it. Yep. Golden Globe. Sure. Wet my beak. (laughs) Oh, yeah. G cubed. <laughs> okay, so you're on you're on Rockaway Beach in Queens. I'm riding this old board from the 1970s, but it's about 50 pounds. I have been surfing out there for a while. Again, remember we have uh, hoods on, so just like the little window of our eyes and our mouth. Do you uh, mind if open. I imagine that you're also wearing a diving mask? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. The cool way to surf is to wear a diving mask. I don't know <laughs> if you'll see a lot of the pros do that. Sure. It's just a way to look cool, like Tony Hawk. Am I right? Uh huh. You're right. Yeah. When he's skateboarding on those waves, he's always wearing a, a mask. He's like Aloha. <laughs> Hang ten, <laughs> sure. And I uh, and I've been waiting and waiting for a wave. And this guy who, this guy cuts me off essentially. So he's what is called snakes me as a wave's coming in. And so he paddled, and then he paddles right back out and cuts me in in the lineup. And I was just I'd been there for two hours, and he just paddled out, and so I was pissed off. And so the next wave came in, and I paddled around him uh, and took off, and then he decided to drop in on me. And uh, and this board, once it gets going, there's essentially no stopping it. Like it's a 50-pound board and it's relatively you know, difficult to maneuver. And he dropped in on me and partially because I was really mad and partially because there was a safety issue, I uh, pushed him off of his board. <laughs> so it's not – I guess it wasn't much of a safety issue. I was pissed off. And, and <laughs> So then, you guys are both <clears throat> standing on your surfboard surfing down this way. Yes. Pardon me if I use the exact correct lingo. No, you really nailed it. But you're surfing down this way. Sounds like I'm in a, a professional surf shop. You're here. catching pizza. easy, Kelly Slater. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you like do you like pull up next to him? It's essentially exactly what happens. So he's a little higher. Uh-huh. He would be a little higher on the wave, and I would be underneath him at that point. And I just kind of gave him a push over the back of the wave. And then his board came towards me and I grabbed his board, uh, which is really violating a lot of etiquette. I Did should you not... take off with his board? No, because he had a leash on so I was holding on to it. Yakety sex. And then just hop on his board and continue surfing. That would be the cool thing to do. You got one foot on each board. And he's being drugged behind you. Exactly. 
<laughs> but he, but so but he, he's pulling his hair and going. <laughs> so just make sure I'm following this. He has violated twice. He no, really all. Well, yeah, he snaked me first, and then he dropped in on me. Uh, but you had but cut from, him, right? But I cut but him. That too. was because he cut you. Yeah, right. So there's a gray area here. Okay. And so he sees me just cutting, snaking him. He didn't pay any attention to what he had done before. So then uh, the wave ends and he comes up and he's furious and I come up and I'm furious. And then like the first thing I did was to rip off my hood just so I could like see him because it seemed like all of a sudden we were going to fight. And you guys are still in the water. We're in the water, but we're probably in like waist deep water. Okay. Uh, and so I rip off my hood and then – and that just like – he was screaming at me and I'm screaming back at him. And of course the thing in Rockaway is like – he's like, you, do you – can I curse here? Yeah, sure. Do you, you fucking live here? Do you fucking live here? And that's like the big thing. Like if you right. live in Rockaway, you're local. And I've been – I rented – I rent a bungalow. I've rented one there for 10 years. So I do know some people there. You got a fucking bungalow. And I got bungalow. I mean when I say bungalow, it sounds very nice. It's a little shack mm-hmm. that has 10 boards and like a little bed, you know. Sure. Uh, and I rent it with like nine other surfers. Uh, and so I'm like, I rent a bungalow. <laughs> like but that's – you can't say that tough. <laughs> But then it looks like we're going to have an altercation and he immediately just all of a sudden backs down and I don't understand what. And I'm like, I'm going to get out of here. But this dude was super – he just looked dangerous. He look, He's like one of those A real Swayze rockaway type. locals who like you're scared of, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, he's got like weird maybe a neck tattoo, that kind of thing. And then uh, later I leave. I, I leave and I, I put my stuff away and I leave. But then I find out the whole story later is that he is on parole and he's not allowed – like he can't get in trouble. Right. And his wife and children were on the on the beach and that's why he immediately backed down because he saw, he saw them watching us about to get into a fight. And so he backed down and for him, like his pride was really hurt. So he just kept coming back. Like that night he came back, the next day he came back and asking – all where these people dude? on the beach, where's that dude? I'm going to keep, beat the shit out of him. Like, and so for a while, people in Rockaway were texting me just like, hey, man, maybe you should stay away for a little while. Because this dude, his name was Adam, I think. And there's two Adams. He was Tattoo Adam. And there was another Adam called Two Dog Adam. Um, and he was Tattoo Adam, who was recently <laughs> out of jail. A bungalow. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't share a bungalow with that guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I almost like I for a while I was like, can I not go to my beach? Am I, have I to gonna surf get the close Rockaway in, in mm-hmm. the meantime? <laughs> yeah. sure. Nearby Rockaway. Nearby Rockaway. <laughs> have you ever done any adventure sports, Nick? Uh, you know, here the closest I ever came to adventure sports is I'm going to date myself a little bit. The first one of the first jobs I had out of college, I was working a lot of freelance TV production stuff, and I worked the first you ever. Worked a, can I guess? Yeah. The Kennedy-Nixon debate. No, I'm not the quite famous, that old. The famous Kennedy-Nixon debate uh, was that televised. Like, I was covering Shirley Chisholm in 72. Mm-hmm. Like that's sure. what I was doing. No, I worked the first X Games, but they were called the Extreme Games. They hadn't <laughs> yet shortened them. <laughs> they and the they big, hadn't lost the train. They hadn't figured it out yet. The big rock stars of the first X Games were the aggressive inline skaters. There was a period of time, like... The mid '90s, when people were like really into rollerblading, and I had rollerblades. Rollerblading was the new uh, skateboarding. Nobody was skateboarding anymore. Everyone was rollerblading, and these guys were doing the new thing. But they were doing the same types of shit. 
like they were all skating in the street and doing crazy tricks. The and guy, the guy who hosted the television show that Jordan worked on for many years, was a former professional rollerblader. I think we, yeah, I think we talked about that. And before. he was no one was allowed to bring that up. That it, was one of the rules on the show <laughs> was that you weren't allowed to allude to the fact that he had been because. Now, teenagers who are into extreme sports, it was an action sports television show. Yeah. Teenagers who are into extreme sports, uh, you're also not allowed to call them extreme sports. You have to call them action sports. Uh, <laughs> teenagers who are into action sports now just think that rollerblades are so gay yeah. that they would turn off the show if they knew that he had a past association Fruit with boots. rollerblades. It got cool. It got uncool faster than Ja Rule. It's like <laughs> sure. it went, cool it to uncool. Day, boom. Yeah. But it was it was like when we did that when we worked on that that first extreme games it was such a big deal and I remember looking around like a year and a half later and no it was it was just like you said like nobody even wanted to admit that they used to do it like it, not only they didn't do it anymore but they didn't even want to talk about the fact that they used to do it and now it's like you see one guy in like tights and like a, yeah. a choker going down Sam Vicente on rollerblades like a year and no that's that's all you see. You know what I was shocked to find out that's become like a like the new rollerblades on like half pipes and stuff? Razor scooters. On un- no. un- I'm not no. kidding you. I'm not kidding that's you. That's not true. I 100% in New York City. I was in New York City. I was at Owlhead Park. There's a skate park there. Not a single skateboarder all razor scooters and all doing weird crazy tricks on razor scooters was it was it like entertaining did it was it did they, were they good or was it just they weird? were doing they were catching air and like flipping it around i mean mm-hmm. when i look at it i'm like stupid dumb yeah yeah, yeah. cuz i you know i like i like watching people skateboard right that's cooler that's the hardest fair, thing that's looking, the hardest that's thing. the hardest thing but to be fair looking at someone's skateboard if you don't have a previous emotional attachment to that activity, <laughs> you're just like, why do they keep doing that and fucking it up over and over and over? Because if they didn't mm. fuck it up, it would still not be impressive. <laughs> you have to know the. You have to know how very difficult it is to what yes. they're doing. Yeah. yeah, you have to have an intimate knowledge of it. Yeah, it is the best skateboarders in the world in the X Games, the ones that do tricks mm-hmm. in a half pipe or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, they'll do 10 minutes of skateboarding, and of the 10 minutes of skateboarding, one thing they do looks cool. <laughs> but do you feel the same way about snowboarding? Mm, snowboarding's a little better because it's, cause it's, it's faster. It's so the it's one so where they high, go, yeah. yeah. The one where they shoot down the thing, and then they do the tricks on the sides of yeah, the thing. Yeah, half pipe. That, that's, a, that's a little better. You do. You find that? That's interesting that you I find that more the, interesting. I think it's because skateboard guys are really into grinding. Yeah, but that's the hardest thing to look at. And, but it's yeah, sliding. Technically, sliding. unimpressive. It's this weird thing where the the most difficult thing to do in the sport is the least interesting to watch. Yeah, I want to see somebody do a flip. Like yeah. that's what that's I, all want I want to see <laughs> yeah. is somebody doing a flip. Like so at all the I end see. of the day, if Pe- you got a little if you got a little b- thing with wheels underneath you. I just want to see you do a flip. Yeah. I I live near Fairfax, so like I'm predisposed to hating anybody with a skateboard. This is Why Los is Angeles's there? epicenter of Jesus Christ streetwear skateboarder. 
so many shitty t-shirt t- t- shops. Yeah, oh, like right. this is the home of of the uh, the the streetwear brand Supremes store in Los Angeles, which is an right. epicenter of. Used to be Huff, used to yeah. be there, and now they've closed. Yeah, like all these guys, and also and also uh, observant Jews. Those two things <laughs> who don't so, skateboard. So it's like great mix. It, it's like African American teenage skateboarders. Uh, and uh, you know, guys, guys with four locks. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second, because there, for a really long time, black kids didn't skate. No, I mean, I, all of a sudden, like, happened maybe ten years ago. Yeah, I think it's amazing because I grew up, I grew up like on the East Coast. I grew up in North Carolina, and I, I knew about skateboarding, and I, I saw the magazines, but I was just never into yeah. it. And it is, on the one hand, I'm, I'm. Sort of, I feel like a proud grandpa that these kids can just do whatever they want, and there's no stigma like you're doing a white boy thing. Yeah, but I just want them to to not do it in front of my apartment <laughs> when my daughter's trying to sleep. Well, That's I'll tell I you, want. like, yeah, like w- from from my experience growing up in an in a, in a neighborhood that was predominantly non-white in the city, and then going to school in the suburbs with white kids, I a thousand percent thought. Skateboards was a white people. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I was for I, some reason no it was. One, it was no it one in my was. neighborhood. Yeah. No one in my neighborhood skateboarded at all, and I thought skateboarding was the dumbest thing in the history of the world. <laughs> and the only people, the only people that I knew that skateboarded lived in the suburbs. Which it's and that's totally fascinating too, because skateboarding as like a, a thing to do is so set up for an urban experience. Like yeah, you want absolutely. all of those little cool little places to go skate at, and it's kind of cool that I think that it's kind of taken off. I know? think it's because it's so it, it's so boring and hard to learn how to do <laughs> that. Like it's really well suited to children that have nothing to do. Yeah. It's like yeah. playing the the oboe. You have to be the best oboe player in the world. Before anyone's like, wow, that's some good oboe. <laughs> no amateur oboe is going to pick up and boop a doop a Oh, hey, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> you have to get really good at the oboe. Yeah. I still remember when when the Neptunes when the Neptunes were really hitting hard. You know, like in the like in, in the years between uh, Super Thug and Grinding. You know, like Jesse's wearing a crochet tie while he talks about the Neptunes. <laughs> By the also, way. I just want everyone to know. To be yes. fair, it's a cable knit tie. <laughs> it's a cable knit tie. <laughs> that makes it better and or worse. And suspenders, and he's talking about the Neptunes. But like, I remember, in a rate box. <laughs> I remember when I, I remember when like a Pharrell was the first famous black person I know who was who was publicly into skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And when they would like wear skate shoes and like walk around with skateboards, it was such a profound disc. Like my eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old brain could not manage that. And the like, like, who are these people? And the like, slightly older black rap fans, like the Wu Tang era guys, were sort of like, like uh, disapproving grandparents. Like, mm, I don't know about this. What are you doing, Pharrell? Yeah, I still feel like the the thing that my son could do to put the biggest generational gap between me and him is skateboard. Is skateboard really? Yeah, like I it or I mean, you know, I I would also say go to the mall, but like <laughs> that is to me in my mind those are the same activity. In Los Angeles, he's gonna go to the mall. I know. He's going to grove it up. He's going to grove it up people, real nice. People go to the mall here constantly. I live within a stone's throw of the grove, and I have such a love-hate relationship with that place. What's, tell me about the love of the mall. Well, the, I, don't, the I don't love the mall. Like, I the love the is... fact that there's an Apple store there. There's a right. movie theater there. There's like, a, you know, it's like things that you do. Convenient. Convenient. And it's right next to the farmer's market, which is just kind of great. But the grove is like people pose for photographs, like groups. 
It's the fucking mall. Like, you're at the mall. You're not at the, the Basilica. You're not at, like, it's the mall. But you know what? That is what I think Los Angeles does very well is that it represents America like in a there's a really forced in thing. It's, right, right. It's different from any other big city in the United States in that it's like super just like America. Like yeah. that's what I grew up going to the mall. Like that's what America is. We go to malls. And it's also an out, outside mall which blows people's mind. And oh, I didn't know it was outside. The, Jesus yeah, Christ. It's, it's open air. Now and then I'm there's a trolley. There's a trolley at the Grove which <laughs> travels trolley. I'm going to say 300 feet, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe 300 it's feet. It's utterly perplexing. <laughs> it's, and it's ringing a bell. It's like, get out of the way. And the person has an outfit and a hat. And you're just like, you're. I can see the ending point of the trolley. Like, why am I? It's a lot like, if I were to compare it to anything, it would be, it would be the trolley in Mickey's Toontown that's piloted <laughs> by Roger Rabbit. Like, that is the scale and ex- level of purposeness. Mm. Purposedness of this trolley. next stop, American Girl doll. Like it's the, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing in the world. So then, tell me. So one, you both of you, I want your recommendation for me as a new of a person new to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Something that I need to do that will surprise and change my idea of Los Angeles. Oh well, mine is easy. Uh, Nick, you, I don't know if you have something, but the what I've talked about it. On you're this just going to say, drown a kid, <laughs> get a kid, <laughs> yeah, drown yeah. him in a park. You're going to love yeah. it. It will, ch- it will change your, especially your sexual responses <laughs> in ways that you would never, never imagine. <laughs> yeah, like I have. It is like I can have an orgasm just from someone r- drawing a circle on my palm <laughs> since I murdered that child. Man, things really turned around for you. Mm-hmm. Used to be so hard. Once you yeah. built the bu- the rape box. Yeah, I used to have a really hard time achieving <laughs> orgasm. You know that, Kurt. You I remember. Know. I remember. So uh, the place that I would recommend above all else in Los Angeles that you visit is the Museum of Jurassic Technology. That I've heard about this place. Yeah, this is a this is a museum. It is like a... It explains how they made the Jurassic 5 albums. Yes. In great details. Exactly. <laughs> what it does. It's run by cut chemists. <laughs> Charlie Tuna shows up like every Thursday from yeah. 4 to 6. It's, it's funded by a group. <laughs> of former fraternity brothers <laughs> wearing backwards baseball caps. Um, it is uh, it, it is like a combination museum and art project that is in a storefront in Culver City, which is a, a wholly unremarkable place. Like yeah. it is the most – there are some – actually some other good things in Culver yeah. City. There's sort of like an art scene in Culver City, but it is a – there's there's a there's a lot of galleries in Culver City, but it good is, restaurants. But it is a nothing of a. Place. The New York Times has been trying to tell the world that Culver City is the next hip destination in Los Angeles for about eight years. Yeah, and it's just not going to fucking happen. I because wish they would knock it off. So pathetic. Yeah. Like it is such so a so manufactured. Place. And I'm like, so happy to hear that because people keep telling me, "Oh, it's pretty hip," and I'm like, no, "I've been no. there once. I feel like that's not true." Culver City is the new Eagle Rock. People have been saying Eagle Rock is going to be hip since I moved here. Go fuck yourself. It's not. So here's outside of Nick's very passionate feelings about various <laughs> neighborhoods in Southern California. It is a it is a storefront museum. It has a tea room above it, but it is a storefront museum that's based around uh, essentially the museums of the 19th century, which is to say kind of the museums just when museums were starting to exist as a public thing, mm-hmm. um, when knowledge was only then being starting to become categorized, when a museum was just a collection of things. 
And part of what goes on inside this museum is it's very dark. It's very beautiful. There's lots of little tiny things. And many of the things are completely fictional. Some of them are not fictional. Um, some of them are semi-fictional. There's no distinction between which of these are fictional, which of these are semi-fictional, which of these are non-fictional or I love real. This. Um, and it's completely magical and beautiful. And it's it's I mean it's very small. It's literally in uh, it's literally in a storefront. So you know there's a dozen exhibits, a dozen very small exhibits, each with its own little room. It kind of stretches back into this building. And uh, it it it's one of the most amazing things in the world, I would say. Oh wow! And it's just, I mean, in classic Los Angeles fashion, is just <laughs> on a you know on, in a storefront on a f- six lane city street. <laughs> you know, what in I mean? downtown Culver City, is yeah. it in downtown? Uh, <laughs> Probably so. Culver City. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you which part of Culver City is downtown Culver City. <laughs> so probably yes. It's the fakest part of Culver City is downtown. Yeah. Have you been to the Hollywood Bowl yet? I have not. The Hollywood Bowl is like the one of the most overhyped things I think about uh-huh. Los Angeles. But then you actually go and you go, oh shit, this is awesome. Like, and you can is, like go and like bring food and wine. Yeah, and, like, you can watch. bring food and wine and like like there's really cheap seats. You can just sit on a bench and and just do your thing, or you can get like a box and 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 do it nicer. But it's like if you just like let's say you just I don't have anything to do this weekend, spend ten bucks and get the go nosebleed see the Moody seats. Blues. Yeah. I mean, or you know, reggae sunsplash or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Al Jarreau's going to be there. Who knows? But you're, it's probably it's, Al Jarreau. Al Jarreau's kind of always there. Yeah, he, he's kinda, he, he lives there. He lives there. But it's like one of those things where, where someone talks to you about it in a city for a long time. You're like, ah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then you do it. You're like, I'm an asshole. I haven't been doing this every summer yeah. since I moved here. You, you know, know what? You amazing. know what I like to do there is I'll get those ten dollar nosebleed seats for you know a Moody Blues show, or whatever. I'll take a second se- Moody Blues reference. Really pushing the Moody You're Blues. Really pushing it. I- I'll take I'll take a seat on that bench. Put my finger on my palm and start drawing <laughs> a circle. And I have a blast every time I go out there. You know. You know. A, you're a unique a nice individual. Double, bring a double cream brie. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean. And, well, why don't we go for a triple cream? Sure. Well, you know? triple it up. Well, yeah. easy, easy. Yeah. I think you're gonna like Los Angeles. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. Kurt Brown Alert. It's good to have you on the show, Kurt. Oh my god, it's great to be here. You look good. Have you been doing yoga? <laughs> oh Jesus! We were gonna get into that. We right gotta away. do yoga. There's a yoga place across the street from my house, and the only reason I go is because it's across the street from my house, guys. And I love it. I love it. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's a little. There's like a Mexican family across the street from my house. I don't go over there <laughs> and bother them. Mm-hmm. Just just roll up your mat and walk in. <laughs> but what if they said? What if they said, "Come on over, bother us. You could pay us nineteen dollars and you can bother us." You know then what? You could. There is literally a yoga studio below my house because my downstairs neighbor operates a yoga studio out <laughs> of her apartment. Look, this is what this is what I think is fascinating about yoga, is that I can't do it i am incredibly bad i'm a really tall person right and you're a big you're a big powerful man tall people not very powerful 
Tall people have a tough time, and that's my that's my thing. Tall people have a tough time, and I got a big old belly. You almost took it to neck tattoo, Adam. Give yourself a little credit. Uh, <laughs> no, if I had taken it to neck tattoo, Adam, I would have gotten my ass kicked. Like, there's no question about that. But he'd be back in prison, so it'd be worth oh, it. Oh yeah. But I think I I go to yoga just so everybody else has a guy there who's just making these noises constantly. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Are you this is something I've talked about with Jordan who's taken up yoga recently. Are you uncomfortable with the fact that you are going to look horrible in front of fit women? So many fit women. And exceptionally fit gay dudes. Yeah. Oh, really fit gay dudes. Uh I'm no, I'm not uncomfortable because I think my job is to kind of just look uncomfortable or not uncomfortable but to be to kind of look like a dork in front of lots of people your job in the your job in the class or your profession no my profession right sure <laughs> uh and so people laughing at me i don't have a problem with you know okay uh so yeah i'm just but i am i'm so bad at it wait can you do can you touch your toes no I'm not even close. I haven't come close to touching my toes since I was eight years old. I've never been able to touch my toes. Really? Ever, ever, ever. I have been accused of being a malingerer for being my whole my whole like school years. People will be like, "What do you mean you can't touch your toes?" I don't. I can't touch my toes. They're look at them. They're far away. This is as far as I can go. <laughs> I was expecting that out of straight men in, in 2013. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in charge of the presidential that fitness awards. That guy's ridiculous. Wait, wait, now? You're do, you're He's, still doing presidential fitness What's, there, what's, what's your That's, shuttle run time like? Yeah. How's your shuttle run time? <laughs> Can you do four, my flexed arm yeah, yeah. Four pull-ups. Oh, have you ever done yoga before? Nick? I don't do... I, I've done yoga like on video a couple of times, but they we have yoga Fridays at work. Like a woman comes and the writing staff takes some time out, like lunchtime and does yoga. Wait a minute. Hold on. Your job... Is you're a writer on a television sitcom. Yeah. I think we mentioned New Girl on yeah. Fox. Yeah. A very funny television sitcom. Thank you. Tuesday the nine. As I understand it, people who work on television sitcoms just eat like fried chicken all day. Well, because there's a machine. There's a fried chicken machine. Fried chicken machine. Fried yeah. chicken in every room. It's in your contract. It's That's called normal. a fry daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I mean I think it grew out of that because we spend so much time eating so horribly and drinking soda and chips and snacking. Everyone started to feel like shit and we'd do cleanses together. And then at some point they were like, we should have yoga. And they, you know. You did cleanses with your We did. We did Christ. a three-day cleanse and it was, it was as if. Who are you, Nick Adams? It was who as if we you? were fasting for a year. That's how people reacted to a three-day <laughs> juice cleanse. That's what you have to do a juice cleanse. When you come to LA, they I know I hand you juices at the airport. No, I've already I've already like gone to a place and people are like, "There's a is a juice cans place near my house," and I was like, "I don't even know what this is." I or don't what think it you've do. done a juice cleanse until you've had people deliver the juice yes. for the juice cleanse <laughs> to, to your you. house. Yeah, that's you how that's how a fucking Angelino <laughs> yes. does it. But you know yes. what? But it is true. It's that weird thing of like when you are like eating shitty and and drinking it, and you have to produce things with yeah. your mind. Yeah. It becomes more difficult after a time. It's and true. I, it, it, it is like that discipline of writing it kind of includes being a little bit healthy. And, I mean, 
like what happens with us if we 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 order lunch and they they pay for it and if we stay late it's like okay we're going to order dinner too and often I won't eat dinner and people will be like why aren't you eating cuz I'm not hungry and neither are you you're eating out of fucking spite because <laughs> in your mind you're like you're going to fucking keep me late well guess what I'm having a brisket like well you don't need that you ate a huge thing for lunch you've been eating chips and cookies and everything all day now you just spite eating who's so, the worst who's who's the worst on staff Zoe Deschanel <laughs> Oh, you should just watch her shovel it in. <laughs> no, I mean we're all we're all awful. We all like we all have our vices. Um, but the way that I try not to overeat is by not ordering lunch because it's like on top of you know you come in you eat breakfast then you order lunch as soon as you get there and then you're eating shit all day and then at the end of the night they're like hey guess what we're having dinner and like I'm not eating that because I'm gonna go twenty seconds after I finish dinner it's like Ugh, and then hey now be funny and everyone's just oh, like I, can't I have it. a really <sighs> hard time imagining. Someone offering to bring me brisket and me declining. That's the toughest part. That's the toughest part. Every time people offer me free brisket, I say yes. Oh, man, alive. Brisket. (laughs) Oh, God, I love brisket. (laughs) Oh, smoke it. Where's a good barbecue? Where's a good barbecue? Uh, There's a place. um... The American South. (laughs) No, no, there's a place. I can't remember the name of it. technically South. There's a place. We're not talking about restaurant recommendations ah, that apply ah. to literally three percent of our audience. <laughs> it's one thing to talk about amazing local landmarks <laughs> and describe them for people that might want to visit. We're not going to. Dis- Could I get directions on how to get home? These people are going to come here, <laughs> go to the Grove, and go eat at Baby Blues, and the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce is going to cut you a check, Thorn. <laughs> You don't Jesse want that? is so depressed right now. His would face say, is falling. I would say 60% of the negative reviews of this show on <laughs> iTunes uh-huh. include a complaint about talking about restaurants in Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That's Not on at you. All. That is on you, Jesse. LA, but no, I mean, fuck no, that. No, I'm trying to head it off at the pass here. <laughs> LA is a global city. It's a global city. It's, you it's a foodies destination that because there's Japanese Ludo restaurants here. Jonathan Japanese Gold people should be able to relate to this podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Come and sample and see how we've perverted and twisted your culinary culture, and then the go real, to the the uh, Jurassic Park Museum. The real sadness. See uh, Samuel L. Jackson's arm. The real sadness is that you've moved to Los Angeles. Just as we have lost one of our greatest heroes, Huel Hauser. I know. Of course, I'm out. On. That's so sad. Um, I had the chance to meet Huel Hauser. Was uh, he as excited in real life as he is on television? Uh, yes. He was a thousand percent real. And for folks who don't know, I mean, he's been, he's been at this point, between Dana Gould's impression of him and James Adomian's impression of him, both of which are tremendous, and him appearing, I think, as himself on The Simpsons, or maybe Dana played him on The mm-hmm. Simpsons. Um, he's a reasonably well-known figure nationally, but a local treasure here in Southern California. I also used to do a, a Huel Hauser impression for my family and friends, and thanks for telling me that those two guys are doing it. So now I can retire mine. Forever. Oh, did you did you also do a Jack Nicholson impression? <laughs> Come on, and a Christopher Walken, a Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Huel Hauser, for for anyone who doesn't know, hosted a local television program. Oh, now it's okay to be local. Continue. Um, I, I, <laughs> that ran outside of the area, but <laughs> but where he where he visited attractions 
And attraction, it's a very wide he started, definition. Yes, I mean, just a farm would be a good example. The sort of, the sort of like you're on vacation from... with your father, and he's like, "Hey, let's stop there," and you're like, "Please, God, no, let's don't stop there." <laughs> everything he stopped from, there. Everything from Hearst Castle to just yeah, just a farm. Yeah. And um, and what's remarkable about this television program is two things. One, it did not appear to to utilize a second camera or editing, <laughs> which is to say that there will be stretches. I will watch an episode where he went up to the top of uh, Runyon Canyon, <laughs> a famous canyon here in, in Los Angeles that is famous for, you know, uh, douchey actor types exercising on it. And um, he went up there, and, and I think there was a shot that lasted 10 or 12 minutes. <laughs> and that's not hyperbole. That's honest truth. And so that's one thing is that he would direct his cameraman to do things while on camera mm-hmm. and leave it in the show. Um, you know, like, come on. And uh, the other thing about it is that it's a really good show. And he, he didn't <laughs> seem to have any snark or irony or judgment in his body whatsoever. Well, and it's the, the level of enthusiasm is like that. that it, it was the sun shining shocked and amazed that man every morning mm-hmm. when he woke up. And in from, you know, I I only I talked to him a couple of times. I talked to him at I basically what happened is when we when Adam Lissagor and I made the first episode of Put This On, we had a premiere party in Pasadena and I wrote on Twitter, "Hey, you know, what local celebrities should I invite to our premiere party?" And someone said, "You should invite Hugh Hauser." And I was like, "Ha ha ha." And I was like, "You know what?" I should invite Hulhauser. Like this isn't that wildly different from what Hulhauser does. Like yeah. he might actually be interested in seeing this. So I just sent an email to the address on his website, and the day of the thing, he said, "What time should I come by?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Whenever you want, Hul. We got a beer waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be great to meet you." And he came. That's and great. Seriously, pick up some four hundred dollar jeans, Hauser, and <laughs> yeah. get out of here. You know, there's there's forty people. <laughs> there's forty people at this party. You know, something like that, all enjoying a nice free beer, and we got a DJ playing uh, popular rap tunes of the day. <laughs> and uh, Hauser walks in. I swear to God, it was like a scene in a in a in, in like a in like an Animal House knockoff movie mm-hmm. or something. Just. You know, everyone's head turns, and then just people just start going, Hugh! <laughs> he was like a god. People cheered him? Yes. That's they awesome. literally cheered him, and he did not, I mean, he didn't have a second for the whole thing, but he was so, you know, he's just there in his shorts and his uh, Hawaiian shirt, just shaking hands with people, and he asked Adam to go to lunch with him on what we later wondered was a date or not a date. <laughs> But he was a perfect gentleman. Adam was happy to report, and uh, they went to a secret, a secret police officer cafe inside of police headquarters, like underneath police headquarters. What? Like a diner f- that's only for police officers. But Hulhauser's allowed there because he's Hulhauser, and everyone there knew him. He knew everybody. They knew what he wanted. He talked to Adam about film production. Because he was the boss of his whole operation. He owned and ran the whole thing. And I ended up talking with him about that on the phone. He wanted to know more about podcasting and hmm. they were started they were about to start podcasting. And you know, he wanted to learn about what my what our production uh, system was for put this on and how we paid for it and how it looked so nice and et cetera, et cetera. 
I had some really nice conversations with him, and I actually was working with him to try and find a time for him to come on Bullseye before it turned out, sadly, that he passed on. But now, like, my most treasured my most treasured possession is my answering machine that's right out here that has that has a message from Hugh. Hi, it's Hugh Hauser. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. I'm 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 returning your email. Get a shot of these rutabagas over here. These are the biggest rutabagas I've ever seen. Hi, Jesse. It's Hugh. And I actually, right, you know, like not not two weeks ago, I was in New York. In Long Island City, recording an episode of Judge John Hodgman of all places, uh-huh. and I walked out of this uh, out of this club slash cafe uh, where we Creek did the, the recording. Cave. Yes, and um, there's James Adomian standing there, and I ended up having a conversation with James about Huel Hauser. I was like, you know, I've been talking with Huel about having him come on Bullseye. And James had met Huel uh, by phone once. Just one day he just got a call from Huel Hauser and Huel Hauser said, hey, I hear you've been making fun of me on the Internet. <laughs> and um, and we just talked about we just talked about what an amazing man Huel Hauser was and just how much joy he had given the world and like how and how we just wished we could. You know, summon within ourselves the appreciation of you know the wonderful things about life that Hulhauser had, and um, and it was nice. It made me, you know, I was very sad when when he died, and I was, you know, not uh, not only. I mean, I was I would was really looking forward to having him on the show too, but having had that conversation with James about about him and just having had some time to kind of like it was like having a wake or something but yeah. it happened before he died yeah <laughs> um and it, it felt it felt it, it i was i was somehow more ready for it when it happened even though no one expected it he was only in his i think in his late 50s early 60s um but a totally amazing man and one of the really great things about southern california a definitely guy, a guy who a guy who had an absolutely unparalleled appreciation for, as you said, the, the sun coming up every morning. Yeah. Just imagine someone saying, here's what I want to do. I want to do a show where we just travel around and find random things that I think are kind of sweet and awesome, and we're going to film it. It's not always going to be earth-shattering, <laughs> but I'm going to get a kick out of it. Rarely like, no one would ever put that show in. <laughs> <laughs> the, the earth-shattering thing is ha- how excited he is. Yeah. About a just maybe like a like goat stir. I <laughs> saw one where he was at a goat farm, and he said, "Now is that a goat? <laughs> that's that's amazing." <laughs> it wasn't one of the stiff-legged feigning goats. Like it was, it, it was, was just a, a regular standard goat. goat. It's just a standard it. goat. And, he, and so, will he really eat anything? <laughs> <laughs> and just what? Just what a wonderful. Uh, what a wonderful thing. And I think probably I'm I'm maybe speaking out of school here, but for James, who's who's gay, just the idea of a gay guy. And I don't and when I say gay, guy, I don't mean to be rude because I don't think that Huel was out of the closet. But I think it's a safe to assume that he was gay um, that came from another world, like just so from another generation. Like I said, not a particularly old man, you know, a 60 ish yeah. man. But because because he had been in the service and because he grew up in the South, you know, he just came from another man, and so part of what from another world, and so part of well, what he, he did represented also came from another man. Yeah, he did. Um, and the, the thing that was the, one of the things that was so amazing about him is that he had that Southern California thing of like 
coming from something just completely different, just a thousand percent different, and just making a world for himself. You know what I mean? And it's in a secret world even is kind of a Southern California thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be able to make your to, to compartmentalize your world because everything is ten miles from everything else. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna run into somebody at the butcher. Although I have to say, like I run I like I see people that I know and run into people all the time. And it shocks me every time it happens because it's such a massive, sprawling city. But I see people all I run into people in this town all the time. It's the biggest little city in America. Really? How about that? Suck on that, Houston. Viragosa. Try that one on for size. Wait, is that Reno? Huh? Was that Reno's, is the littlest big city in America? I don't know. Yeah, Reno's one of those. It's I can't remember if it's biggest little or littlest big. Reno's the saddest, gambliest city <laughs> yeah. in America. The saddest, gambliest city in Nevada. No, not Nevada. There's a sadder, gamblier, okay, in America. How about that? Is that? No. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick, repeat Adams. Sitting in. Kurt Brown, Oler. In the corner. We're all technically in corners. Yeah. We are. Don't elevate your station. <laughs> As we sit in our I'm just really good at room. Sp- I'm really good at being specific. <laughs> Jordan and Jesse, Rob Campbell here. You may remember me as the Max Funster that sent you a Chud shirt. Well, I'm back with more junk. So. All right. All right. First of all, Rob, easy. He's just doing a lot. He's doing a lot. Coming right out of the box. Rob. Sorry. Rob, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Uh, but but I, like, I, like his, I like Jesse's reading voice. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm, I got a, I got a sunny disposition. Just <laughs> have like your our legs, producer, Sunny, sunny D. Out sunny D. <laughs> sunny D. That's a nickname we came up with for Brian Fernandez That's, right before the show. Scott's started. Dang Power. I like it. I don't know what sizes you guys are, and I imagine Jesse doesn't wear many tees. But here you are. I wear three or four <laughs> at a time. <laughs> Give one to Karen Kilgareth, who's not here anymore, by the way. Give one to that was last week. <laughs> Give one to Jordan's cat, what's-his-face. Jordan's cat's name is Bug. Give one to Goodwill or tell me your T-shirt size, and I'll send you more free stuff. Get a load of these. T- See, I'm so happy. I'm so happy, Kurt, that you're a size extra large. Oh, yeah. Because. Not for long. Yoga nut. Because yes. two of these shirts are size extra larges yes. here. Yes. Take at a this. look at that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. It says, Immortal Power, colon, plug it in. Yeah, that's our slogan. That's our slogan for two thousand uh, for two thousand and thirteen. And it's really shiny. This is, a, this is a great present. That's like a sweet metal logo. Yeah, and you're all I'm set for the excited. next OK Go video. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, Sunny D gets it. Brian, you probably wear a large, right? There's, you get an extra large. Take this extra large, okay? <laughs> there's this one. There's a large here with actually uh, our our listener Concrete Tales. Uh, suggested the the slogan that inspired our our slogan, uh, "Immortal Power, Plug It In," which is 2013 Quiet Desperation, <laughs> which is a slogan that acknowledges our own mortality and our powerlessness in the face of it. Um, and uh, Rob was nice enough to send a, a Quiet Desperation T-shirt with the whole paragraph 
there's an explanation that goes, maybe in 2013 we should shed the facade, you know, the facade that we aren't all living in near constant, often subconscious, but almost ever-present fear of our own mortality. We might shout out more powerful than ever, that was last year's slogan, in futility against the inevitability and somehow manage to put on a brave face. We might find brief, fleeting moments of joy. Nonetheless, the wash of despair that eventually we, all we love will be gone from the earth cannot be held back. 2013, quiet desperation. My, you want to hear my, uh, my, <laughs> my tagline for this year? Yeah, spit it. Crazins, dial it back a bit. <laughs> Crazins, dial it back a bit, huh? Yeah, this is the year that I get Crazins to dial it back. So this is just this isn't a metaphor because ours is ours are usually a metaphor for sort of a larger. No, mine's like my yours is about it's my a literal, purpose. It's my purpose for actual the year. Crazy it's it's like a mission yeah. statement. It's a mission statement. Thank you very much. It's my action uh, sentence. Kind of difficult because Crazins. The whole purpose for Crazins is dialing it up. I know they. I mean, it's right. They provide a powerful flavor yeah. blast. They've dialed it up a little too much. Okay. Do you think they're too sweet? I think it's time for them to get out of savory dishes. Now. I'm right here with you on that one. Thank you very much. I'm looking at you salads. I'm looking at you chicken dishes. Yeah. Get your craisins out. Get out get those craisins. i I'm gonna make a pass for I'm gonna make a pass for uh salads. I, I might accept craisins and salads. I will absolutely not accept them in, in chicken dishes. That's ridiculous. And you know what, raisins? Get the fuck out of there too. You know, just because yeah. just because you're old school doesn't mean you get a pass on this one. And also, the, the word craisin suggests that they're somehow like the crazier raisin. Yeah, yeah. And fuck you, craisins. Well, it's, you it's are like false advertising. Yeah. It's like insane clown posse. You're just two white dudes with face paint. <laughs> you're not insane. Yeah. You don't have a – well, you kind of do have a posse. They, they do might be. have a very they, large posse. But they actually might be insane, technically. I, they might be. You're right. Yeah, I yeah. Like, but on like a real like I, where they have mental mm-hmm. issues. <laughs> not a fun insane. Not a fun. Not a fun. Like, like don't want to bring those guys to a party. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a size large, Rob, and Jordan is a size medium, so – Get your fucking act together. Come yeah, on. Now. If only there was a way to find out what our T-shirt sizes were mm-hmm. when you were sending us T-shirts. If only there was someone you could ask, like us. Yeah. Karen Kilgariff will wear that small, and she's hiking in Runyon Canyon. It'll be great. Yeah, I pro- hopefully so. Perfect. We'll have, have to get her address. I can bring she's it to her. She's not here right now. I can bring it to her. Are you going to go see I see Karen Kilgariff? I, I, I see her once every two weeks. Great. Done. Here. There we bring go. that to Karen. All right. She's one of the best ladies. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. She's a tremendous, tremendous young woman. She's the best. Let's take some calls. Brian? Jordan and Jesse, I just walked out of the staff meeting where they announced my promotion and my new title, which includes the word director. Yep. Immortal power. Plug it in. Mm-hmm. He knows the fucking slogan. Oh, yeah. He's on board for this. You're making dead um, eye contact with me like just because I didn't know the slogan before. Thanks, Paul Thomas Anderson, for calling in. Oh, PTA, always <laughs> calling in. <laughs> that would make a good thing yeah. in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Do you think we could... Maybe like the last four hours of uh, The Master, they could slide that in <laughs> If somebody knows Paul Thomas Anderson, tell him to have his people give me a call. Because... Also, tell him, you know, snip, snip every now and then. <laughs> yeah, not fucking doing, going to win every time. Yeah. Just trim it down. But all, all I'm saying is, I think if we're going to license this slogan to anybody, Paul Thomas Anderson's our man. Oh, yeah. Right? Don't you think mm-hmm. that he could make a, the filmic, he could convey through the medium of cinema the powerful, passionate metaphor that is immortal power, plug it in? Are you kidding? If he can't do it, nobody can. Right. I mean, maybe Tyler Perry. 
Possibly Tyler. Possibly Perry. Tyler. Well, the thing is, if he regardless, a, if you if want him to, he's going to do enough. it. To, yeah. If he, if Tyler Perry had a fat enough suit, mm-hmm. do you think? We, he could. Do, is there like a? There's like a board Tyler Perry has where it's just like different words, and he just throws a like a. <laughs> well, instead like a, of a board, there is a very fit, oily black man, <laughs> and he throws concepts at that guy, and, and, and whatever it, sticks to that guy's abs <laughs> gets made into a movie. Yeah, he has like yeah, he has like little word <laughs> magnets. And he just yeah. throws at his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch would, Tyler Perry off the bullseye guess for 2013. You know, what, you know what Tyler Perry could do to get in my good graces? He could show up for something. The Golden Globes mm-hmm. would probably be the most likely. He probably doesn't get invited to the Oscars. I'm going to guess no. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Golden Globes or what have you. With, Image Awards. With... Th- mm, nah, not big enough? Not big enough. Okay. I, I want something with maximum impact. Right. Because he's going to show up with three dudes. Just gorgeous. Fucking cut <laughs> dudes. Wearing only bow ties. Yeah, fuck. Or no, how about this? They're wearing tuxedos but not shirts. <laughs> so they have all the parts of the tuxedo except the shirt and they're right. fucking ripped. Yeah. And instead of ties, they just are wearing leashes. No one's holding the leashes but they're hanging down to just the ground. Just trailing. Yeah. These, dudes, these dudes are like full on oily dynamos you know what i'm talking about these guys like boners will be popping mm-hmm. in the audience just as he and his boys walk past mm-hmm. yeah pop 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 this will be straight dudes boners <laughs> erecting in honor of the how hot the dudes that tyler's <laughs> against their will against their will yeah. and there's three of them no they want to be there with one of the no greatest. i mean the straight oh, dudes the boners. boners yeah they don't have any control <laughs> No, the oily dudes are there. They want to be of their own volition. They're there for a good time. Fully on board. This isn't weird. Yeah, yeah. They they want to they want to meet Hillary Swank. (laughs) Those oily dudes. Okay, let's take another call. Hi, Jen Jesse Go. This is Alan calling from Savannah, Georgia. I was just on my way home from work when I saw the most beautiful bald eagle fly and land on a telephone pole. The awesomest thing about it was right next to that beautiful bald eagle was a pelican. 60 feet in the air, a bald eagle and a pelican just hanging out. I don't live on the ocean. I live about 15 miles inland, and uh, I live next to a little bit of a swamp. So I guess there's some fish in there, and they both a bald eagle and a pelican think are delicious. Love you, boys. Have a good day. Hey, I love you too, buddy. That is a great call. Are they, now, what's that interaction like? A bald eagle and a pelican, are they like enemies or do they just sort of acknowledge each other I quietly like a, a nod? The pelican is kind of, he's more like a bro. Right. He's down at the docks and the bald eagle's a little bit of an asshole. Mm, kind of above he's it all. He's a little bit aloof. Yeah. Can I suggest something to you guys though? Two words, unlikely friendship. Oh, yeah. Right? These guys are like, these guys are the best of friends. They're thick as thieves. You don't expect it. Pelican, you left your fish all over the place again. Well, bald eagle, you're so uptight. Pelican and eagle. Pelican and bald eagle. One episode. It's just about uh, having 
feet. Web feet. Web feet. Web feet versus claws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the pelican is like, I want claws. And then the, the eagle's like, I want web feet. And then they realize, like, oh, no, I'm perfect the way I am. Yeah, but they like, but for like one episode, yeah. they make it yeah. so that like the, he has claws and the other one has like a, like a mitten on. Can I tell yeah. you something that happens? The bald eagle, the bald eagle goes to the fridge and he's like, where's that six pack I left in here? And then the pelican opens up his his beak, and there's a six pack inside, full of ice. Inside his yes, full of ice. Oh no, that's right. Whenever that goes in go opening anywhere. montage. That goes in opening montage. Yeah. And they just yeah, they're just sitting on the couch together. Just reaches over and pops one off out of his mouth. Uh, oh, I love it. Showtime! If you're listening, <laughs> shameless. Come on. I think we could pitch that tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, guest. Uh, a little momentous occasion for you guys over this last uh, couple months. My mom survived her second bout with stage four ovarian cancer. My girlfriend and I, of four years, got back together and are stronger than ever. And uh, just listen to the newest uh, JJ Go, and it's friggin' awesome. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, immortal power. Plug it in. A celebratory message. You know what they call that? The big three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mom survives cancer. Get back together with girlfriend and fall back in love. Mm -hmm. Listen to a kick-ass Jordan Jesse call. (laughs) (laughs) Two things about that call. Like, I'm just going to make it impossible for them to make fun of me Uh because I'm going to come out with my mom surviving cancer. Can't do a damn thing after that. Well played. Well played. (laughs) That's just a shield. Yeah. It's like, ah, what are you going to do now? And then it's like, and I'm running out of shit. But I'm going to throw them a bone and put <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go on a level with me and my girl and my mom. <laughs> yeah, this guy that's knows how, how you, to play the game. That's he how you call in, folks. He knows the rules of the game, <laughs> not does. unlike a Kurt Brownholder. Yeah. yeah. This guy knows you don't cut in, you open with yeah. the cancer, you don't snake anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always lead with cancer. We have, cancer. we have one more call, Brian Fernandez. One more call. Okay, let's listen to it. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, possible guest. This is Kevin from Palo Alto. Uh, preemptive, no penguin in the pants on this one. Um, this is in response to Jesse's fish truck story and his realization that they exist. Uh, I found out they existed when I was nine, when I, uh, was fishing with my grandfather, and my father in Northern Maine on Lake Pleasant, which is a stocked lake. And so once a year they have a truck come by and stock it with salmon and trout. And this one year, the guy who was doing this apparently had mechanical issues with the truck and started spooning the salmon and trout into buckets and transporting them. And despite that, thought it was going too slow and allowed us to carry them by hand into the lake, like 20 feet, uh, wriggling fish in our hands. Even better, a couple days later, the fire department decided that they were going to test their water cannons, uh, their whatever they're called, on uh, off the lake. And so they started sucking in water from where the, the fish had been deposited and shooting the water out which created giant fish cannons, and it was glorious. More powerful than ever. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a real thing, though? Like they truck in fish? Oh, I didn't know that. Last week uh, here at the office, we got to see the fish truck dumping Coming fish into right the lake right outside our window. They put fish in there? Uh, yeah. That, w- otherwise, where are the eight-year-old Filipino children going to go fishing? Yeah, where? That's mind blowing. You know what? You know, not in historic Filipino town. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) No, that's ridiculous. I have, I have the New York City equivalent. I think of the fish truck. Yes, which I saw one day, which was 
a uh, tasty delight uh, truck. No, <laughs> they dump condoms in the East River. They, they, those those aren't real used again. condoms. They're not real. No, they people come and put those. Uh, the firewood truck that delivers firewood to delis, and it's just a truck filled with firewood, and it just drives up, and a guy takes a few ben- bundles out and brings them in, mm-hmm. and then just keeps driving. It's open truck. Because, of course, how are you going to get firewood in yeah. New York City? You're not just going to get that from your from your grocer distribution point. No, you're going to get it from your little bodega on the corner. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet racket. I it's mean, a, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you here, Kurt, and tell you that's pretty good. It's way less good than oh, a fish oh, cannon. Oh, my God. <laughs> than a fish cannon. That fish is cannon good. is the main Fish cannon's better. But I like that he's calling it a water cannon because let's – it's a hose. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, they we... brought their uh, aqua lasers out, and immediately—I don't know what you call them. Uh, a water cannon, you know, the thing that's on top with the with the with the big metal spout. Yeah, you it's know, a hose, but it's a big, impressive it's a hose. Big hose. It's still a hose. The hose yeah. is the flexible. The water cannon sits on top of the water truck. It's a. Well, then what's the the name of the uh, thing that goes on the end of the hose? Nozzle. Nozzle. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a nozzle. That's a not exciting. What would be the New what, York equivalent? What's the one equivalent? to grab it? Well, the, the it's new... a nozzle. But <laughs> it's it a shoots, nozzle over here. But it's, hey, over here with our nozzle. Shoots at papaya king. <laughs> yeah, it shoots, it's a real it New York dogs. nozzle. It's in the water. <laughs> but it calls them Coney Island dogs. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. Brown Brownholer. It's a bald eagle. Yeah, that was <laughs> Impersonating <laughs> Kurt Brown. Listen, I know you're Larry. angling to play Bald Eagle. And Larry is his name. Larry, Larry the, the Bald Eagle. Eagle. But yeah. I just, I, I mean, when we think you're great, Kurt, we really think you're great. But Time Brian out. Austin Green, we have a development deal with him, and we just feel like you know to get can't, the demo. Can't Brian be the Pelican? He doesn't really test as Pelicany. Really? No. Joe Rogan people, tested way more pelican-y. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is people want a pelican to be ethnic. It's just something we're yeah. gonna we're gonna use yeah. Damon Wayans Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be in another show, another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in most shows. He's in most he's shows. A, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Kurt Brownell, it has really been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Can I? Um, can I? When does this go out? Can I this plug will go, something? This will go out on Monday, I think. Great. What do you got? You got some sh- upcoming shows. You got some television appearances. You shows. Got some... I'm going to be in Chicago on the uh, 18th and 19th of January. If I'm not mistaken, that's the Windy City. That is the Windy City. In January, it'll be very windy. Eesh. I bet you can. You can get yourself a nice kielbasa. I bet you I could get myself a nice uh, a deep dish pizza that's essentially just five pounds of mozzarella cheese with a little bit of sauce on do top. You Nothing like, wrong with that. Disgusting. Do you like waiting 90 minutes for your pizza to be ready? Do you like it? <laughs> do you like not being able to finish one slice? Yeah. Do you like that? Uh, yes. I would enjoy all of those. That sounds great to me. I would love to fuck up one of those pizzas right this very second. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a part of the Tomorrow Never Knows Festival. I'm going to oh. be at the Hideout. Is this curated by James Bond? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. who will the be old James Bond? Who will right? be opening for you uh, at the Hideout? Otis Day in the Nights, or will it be like the Staple Singers? <laughs> It'll be Staple Singers. Staple. Yeah. Uh, and then on um, and then I'm recording an album. 
with wow. Kill Rock Stars. It's going to be their first oh. uh, comedy album. Fantastic. Hipster. How did you trick them hipster. into doing that? I paid them thousands of dollars. Right. It was sure. Very expensive. You sure. would think a punk rock label would not be interested in being bribed. Right. But they, they got are. no problem with it. <laughs> no they problem. They got no problem. They and you're a rich money. man. I'm a wealthy that... individual. Look, you and I both know about that one season on IFC money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. <laughs> My God. I can't even buy enough houses. Sure. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's February thirteenth and fourteenth, thirteenth in Seattle and fourteenth in Portland. That's, you know what? I'm recording it. I gotta tell you, if I'm in Seattle or Portland right now, and I'm in a romantic relationship, I can't think of any more romantic <laughs> no. way to spend <laughs> my Valentine's, Valentine's Day than checking out Kurt Braudoller. Seeing him be physically awkward for my enjoyment. Yeah. Fifth, fifth season of Eagle versus Pelican, you're the one like, I saw that guy before exactly. Eagle versus Pelican yeah. in a little club. Like, that's what you that's yeah. what That's what we want. I like that it's going to be live action. Yeah. There's <laughs> going to be no will, eagles or pelicans involved at all. <laughs> we'll be dressed as an eagle yeah. and dressed as a pelican. Yeah, we're going to go for uh, like a... I think oh, you're going to be the futsy landlord. The futsy landlord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, pelican! That's the, that's <laughs> yeah, the plum I don't allow, job. I don't allow pelicans in my in my. You in get my a catchphrase. You work like one day a week. It's yeah. the, that's the best job. It is the best he job. He convinced you that he's a dodo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and you're always is. trying to keep me from yeah. finding out that dodos went extinct <laughs> constantly. They're, keep, they're like removing the D encyclopedia yeah. from my apartment. <laughs> oh my God! I am really excited. I'm really excited to see the advertising materials that our listeners are going to pr- produce. <laughs> They're going to mock for up Eagle versus Eagle, Eagle and Pelican. I'm really excited about Eagle versus Pelican. Unlikely friendship is an <laughs> unlikely friendship. That's Can we get called. some street teamers to put up EVP like signage <laughs> all over like the east side of town? Like, what is EVP? I don't know. Go to the website. <laughs> this is going. This is. Solid gold. It I mean, is. this is... Sometimes you hit on an idea and you know it's mm-hmm. got deep veins. Yeah. Deep veins of gold running all through it. This is gorgeous. And, of course, if you want to enjoy Nick's work, you can watch the very funny television program, The New Girl. It's one of the only uh, television shows on television worth watching. And uh, if so, like, there's really, only like 15. If you, know? you really enjoy my work, then you will enjoy the episode titled Pepperwood that will be coming up, I think, February 5th or end of January, beginning of February... My episode will be that I that I wrote that I took get to take credit for. Nice oh. Pepperwood. Can you give Check us your can you give listings. us any insights? Uh, Nick and Jess uh, mm-hmm. are involved in a in a in a hilarious caper. Oh, I bet they are. Is it, they, they put they put pepper on someone's morning wood. Oh, damn it! God damn it! I guessed it. Damn I get it. pretty good at guessing things. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It is a it is a very fun television show. I'm so happy that you work on a television show that I like. I enjoy watching, Thank and I you. can compliment that you. That was on it. when I went out for meetings. I was like, I just hope this, this Thorny would approve of this program. <laughs> I turned down eight shows. I can understand that. I can't work on yeah Modern Family. Modern, get out of here, Modern Family, with your Emmy awards and your <laughs> yeah your success, great hours, your near universal acc- acclaim. Yeah, yeah. I you don't want to be near Sofia Vergara's breast. No, you know thanks. what? The no. one thing no, is that's keeping you from universal acclaim: Jesse's disdain for Jesse's, you. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that Jesse really doesn't like you, television show. <laughs> Thinks maybe you're racist. No, thank you. Okay. Anyway, well, Nick, thank you as always for always filling fun. in for Jordan. Our our big thanks to Sonny D on the boards. Sonny Brian, D. Brian Fernandez. Jordan will be back next week. Our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. 
Hey, San Francisco, I will see you at San Francisco Sketch Fest uh, doing Judge John Hodgman and Bullseye. You can find more information at MaximumFun.org. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. (laughs) 